like a 90 year old smoker trying to go up a flight of steps as your computer. Hey, how are we doing, Cola? I'm good. How's it going, Anna? Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. How are you okay in, in California? For the listeners that might be under a rock, California is quite literally on fire right now. And Cal- yeah, California is kind of always on fire, I feel. <laughs> uh, no, it is like fire season, quote unquote, but yeah. um, it's a little bit tougher considering COVID and fire is usually bad for breathing. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, I'm okay. Uh, Where I'm at, I haven't had to, like, evacuate or anything. I'm blessed. uh, (laughs) And not (laughs) that that sounded bad. You know what I mean? (laughs) The point is, I'm okay. And as what did you say to me earlier today when I said um, you should have seen me last year when the earthquakes when I experienced my first earthquake? I said, that's probably not what the real estate agent sold you. Did she not? Did she not tell you about that? Well, I originally said New York would never is what I originally said. That's what we were. (laughs) Thank you. That was the answer we were looking for is New York would never. And you're right. She would never. Yeah, she she gave you a lot of anxiety and you probably had really your biggest common day worry this time of year is getting hit in the face with a pigeon, but not not right. the, the heat wave and the, the fire situation. I was really more talking about on fire because of this heat wave you're all experiencing right now. Yeah, that, well, on top of it is kind of, I think, making things fun. It's making the, the very dry grass and, like, foliage, I think, combust. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was 105 yesterday. Um, and, yes, I don't think New York would ever... But I came out here for the sunshine, and it is literally forcing the dopamine down my throat. So, yeah, you said, "What did you say that like literally killed me?" <laughs> Let's go to the notes, shall we? Yeah, you you said a few things that that absolutely killed me with the when you moved to to California. I was like, "Oh God, what did you say?" Yeah, go back to. Uh, I I have to pull it up now. Oh, I said. Oh, because I said the reason I moved to LA is because as much as I love, I mean, this isn't the reason I moved out here, folks. Like, I I have personal reasons. They're none of your fucking business. But, (laughs) uh, you know, but, you know, you're right. New York would never give us, you know, earthquakes and like fires and shit like that. But I was saying to you that it would be great for months. And sometimes that would make my depression a lot worse. Um, and but now this 105 degree weather feels like extreme sunshine. <laughs> LA was just basically like, here's 105 degrees of dopamine, girl. You deserve it. <laughs> no, I was thinking of when you said at this point, my fucking air conditioner just feels like a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> it does because I live on the top floor. And uh, OK, this is how the moods of my apartment go from like nighttime when the sun is not around it is a comfortable air condition like my apartment feels nice and cool and all that's good when I wake up in the morning my apartment's freezing because I've had the AC blasting and then come around two o'clock the sun hits my building directly that is what the real estate agent did sell you on yes she says it gets tons of light tons (laughs) of light um and I was like great we all know I need that I so I now I don't need my little heat lamp from New York to make me happy in the winter, right? Because I'm getting tons of light through these windows. Well, it turns out in the summer when it's like 105 outside, the sun is actually painful. Like, I don't think I can like explain this any clearer. People are always like, it's a dry heat. Yeah, it's, it is a dry heat. But uh, the first year I moved here, it was 110 in September at one point. So we had another heat wave. It was like 2017. I, I'll never forget because the Dodgers were in the World Series and uh, the first pitch was, and it was, they were talking about, it's like 110 degrees at first pitch. And I'm just like walking down Sunset Boulevard and it physically hurts to be in the sun. <laughs> it's what I imagined, like quite literally almost being on fire. Like the feeling right before you're actually on fire to feel like is what I imagine. Also, I love I, that you said like, yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget. And here's why. And there's always that like placement of a story. My dad does that all of the time. Does your dad do that? He'll be like, I'll never forget. Here's why. And it's like some <laughs> random 
Fact? No, my dad, my dad usually, my dad will usually, I'll usually tell him something and then he'll be like, oh, I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my dad, it's, I, maybe it's a New York thing. Cause not many people I know out here say that, but I, I do. I'll be like, you know how I remember that? And here's why, as if I'm on like a witness stand or something like, like I'm testifying. Uh, that's how my dad right. will be like. Yeah, um, you have to prove that you were there or that this is why this is a fact. Correct. Like it, it, it just like intensifies the story just a little bit more of just like, right. like, don't even try to say this is a lie because I will double down on it and insert a random fact that now you can't really refute because it is so fucking right. random from the story I'm actually telling. So yeah, we, we thought it'd be a great idea for us to to kind of start with, you know, giving you some real great New York perspective and what's going on in, in the world of New York or the eyes of a New Yorker. Um, we haven't named the segment yet, but that's because Cole and I have, we, we have jobs outside of this, um, as most, I feel like people who podcast do, but so both of our brains are, are literally fried from working today and our creativity is pretty low, or at least mine is. I, I won't speak for yours, but mine's pretty low right now. So um, if anybody has a recommendation of what we should name this type of segment, please email us. Um, there's a, our email is in the description for every episode. So just, just send it our way. But so this week we're going to talk about, well, I guess, which one do you want to start with first? Should we do the ferry or should we do the New York is dead? Let's do, oh God, those are so good. I kind of want to do the ferry because only because, well, but New York is Dead seems like more timely. Uh, I just want to do the ferry because I just really need to address that the Staten Island Ferry is not like a fun ride and you think that it is. <laughs> okay, no, I don't. Okay, so basically this is where Cole and I differentiate. I, I said this, I think, in our first episode. I do have like a love for Staten Island, which again, as a New Yorker is, especially from Brooklyn, is unheard of. However, comma, the reason I was saying you should go and ride the ferry was so you if you wanted to go see the Statue of Liberty right like so this is like what I would call a New Yorkers uh like hack like a New York tourist hack um instead of getting on the ferry like it's called to Liberty Island to go see the Statue of Liberty and pay all of that money to see it I usually tell people who aren't really familiar with New York like save your money don't do that and get and go ride the ferry the ferry is free it's an hour of your time just stay on, I don't remember the side of the ship. I think when you're coming from Staten Island to New York, it's the left side. And when you're coming from New York to Staten, well, Manhattan, duh. Manhattan, that's such a fucking New York thing to yeah, do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> with the state. Uh, anyway, uh, but when you're coming from Manhattan to Staten, for, to Staten Island, you ride the right side. And it gets super close to the, to the Statue of Liberty. And it's like a beautiful view. You see it perfectly. You see it clearly. And it's fucking free. However, Cola thinks that that is the worst idea I could have ever given you all because she thinks <laughs> Listen, that the Staten Island Ferry is terrible. Listen, if I'm not one of those New Yorkers that's like, don't do the touristy things. No, if you're in New York for the first time and you want to do the touristy things, do the touristy things. You should. You should oh, get am. to see all of that. Oh, I am that a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, because you could do do the stuff because like when I was a kid, my parents took us to do all the touristy things because they're like, you won't do this when you're an adult because you live here. And I'm glad they took us to see those things. Um, that being said, if you're oh, going to do you, what? Sorry. Have you act, have you walked the Brooklyn Bridge? Yes. Wow. I, okay. We'll discuss this at a later time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm too ashamed. Keep going. <laughs> but if you're going to do the Statue of Liberty, then fucking do the Statue of Liberty. Don't fucking get on a boat to Staten Island and be like, wave at it, kids. We're not going over there. No, get up close and go to the Statue of Liberty. Like, first of all, and another thing is the Staten Island Ferry. I know you said it's an hour ride. It's probably like a half hour and change. It definitely also, it's, an, it's an hour oh. round trip. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, but I was gonna say it definitely feels like an hour because it is the it's like a floating bar. Like think if like Penn Station could float. That's what that's what the Staten Island Ferry is. It's it's got seats like a train. You can definitely on like a nice day. Yeah, it's cool. Actually, if you want to really make an event for yourself, don't you could do uh you know Anna's idea here and like go and uh. 
and watch from the side of the boat, but then put the Godfather theme in your headphones so that you can like <laughs> pretend that you're coming to America for the first time. That's a fun thing to do. Well, and it's also, okay, it's also a beautiful view of the city. And it's just, I think it's just, a, it's an experience that I would always recommend someone to do, especially for the fact that it is free. Like how many things in New York that we do we encounter that are free? Um, but Cola is also correct in the sense that it is kind of a floating bar because you can actually drink on the yeah. ferry. Um, so you will often see a lot of people, especially depending on the time of day and, and well, the day of the week, you will definitely see a lot of uh, inebriated humans. Um, so that alone to me is like, that's some fun. That is quality people watching entertainment. Like, yeah. You got, okay. You got some- I, it just, it smells, it smells, <laughs> it smells like a bar, but like it also like, uh, and that, that's another thing is you can't take that alcohol off the boat so like those people that those people that are drinking on the ferry are like chugging whatever they're drinking because they have to finish it before they get off the ferry so and you know it's just ah god it's so i i don't know i don't like boats either i get motion sick this is all a mess your ancestors are rolling in their grave you know my ancestors i okay yeah yeah you're right i was gonna say (laughs) we are people of the sea Actually, we are people of the sea, but my people made rope, so <laughs> probably they to actually, be used on the sea. Yeah, to actually get themselves out of sea, so that would make more sense. Um, oh my god! Yeah, that's just that's just what I would I would always recommend because um, it's I don't know. It's to me, I, I actually enjoy it. The only thing I will say, I've I've had moments, and my sister has said this to me before too, and where if it is a nice day outside and we do ride the ferry, and uh, for those who do not know, the ferry is in the, the Hudson waters, which who those are, who are not familiar for it actually just trended. I don't know if you saw it went viral on Twitter. There was this girl who there was like a, like a video of her like waving and she like dumped, like jumped in, like right in front of the statue oh. and went, Oh, that bitch is radioactive now. Like you do not want to swim in the Hudson waters. There is definitely like, it is not safe. Your children will definitely be born with extra limbs. If I had to assume um, you probably glow in the dark now if you swam in those waters. But so I'll have moments where, I, where I've been on the ferry and my sister will look at me and be like, and if like the water will splash, right? Because it's like, if it's choppy or whatnot, my sister will be like, oh my God, do you think it got in our mouth? And she'll like panic, like the water. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the only like I would recommend if it's a nice day and the water's a little choppy, just maybe just like hang towards the back of the boat away from the water and close your mouth. Oh god, that's so gross. I that just reminded me that in 2011, and this is a real thing, you can look it up. The EPA declared the Gowanus Canals in Brooklyn uh, a, a health hazard, <laughs> and all those yuppies that were that moved into the neighborhood were like freaking the fuck out because they're like, "Who do we talk to about this?" And I'm just like, "Oh, girl, this has been a health hazard. We didn't need the EPA to confirm it." Like, right. you know, all the shit people dumped into the Gowanus Canal in the 70s. Like, also, what are they doing in the Gowanus Canal that they were freaking out that much? Also, I love that you just said yuppie. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Do, so do, for our listeners that don't know, please tell them what a yuppie is. A young urban professional. Yeah. So it's basically what we now call hipsters, but like. But now I what? sound like my dad by saying yep. yuppie. I was just going to say, but you sound like your fucking dad. Uh, so oh, I, I think some people were like crabbing or something in the canal. There was like, <laughs> oh my god, ew! Yeah, did they eat that crab? Yeah. Oh no! Also, I don't know. <laughs> watch it was like actually not crabs that they were like picking up, but thought were crabs. It was like hybrid animals of some sort or hybrid first, fish. First of all, you could see like the layer of grime on the surface of that water. Oh, it's the same with the beach at Coney Island. You float in grime. Yeah, but Coney Island will always have a special place in our heart. But I mean, that, yeah. That's the Brooklyn in us, though. But, okay, so that's a, another story. Uh, but, yeah, anybody who chooses to ride the ferry and wants a, a great New Yorker hack, that is my, that's my tip for the week on that. <laughs> uh, Cola, so, so for those who do also do not know, the other thing we wanted to talk about was there's this this thing trending right now. I think it was the New York Post or a man who wrote the New York Post, I think, reposted it from this man who originally posted it on his blog saying that New York is dead. 
that mm-hmm. is what they're claiming. Did you, what are your thoughts? Um, I think that person is probably full of shit. I don't have to say probably. I could say they're probably, they are full of shit. Um, yeah. That whole thing that's been floating, it's been floating around for like, also it's very interesting because I'm reading this book right now called St. Mark's is Dead and it's a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about like the many different stages that the St. Mark's Street went through um, say in, in, uh, in the city. And um it's just, it's interesting because every, thus far as where I am in the book right now, every generation thinks that their current version of that street or New York is dead compared to the yeah. last one. So yeah. you're not special by saying New York is dead. You're wrong, if anything, because New York is never dead. It's just a different version of itself. It's just, it's not, it doesn't do, it doesn't go through those, like you go through different phases in your life. And so maybe it doesn't appeal to you the way it once did before. Also, you didn't grow up here. So get the fuck out if you think it's so dead. Like, I mean, I don't know. I get very protective about it. I would love to be home in New York right now. Um, But it's just, it's just bullshit. It's just because you moved here to do whatever the fuck you came here to do. And now you feel like because you can't do it anymore. You're like, what's the point? I'm like, I don't know, go back to your cow town or wherever the hell you came from. Like, it's true. I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that to everybody. I'm just saying for the people who are just like New York is over. Like, no, it's not like fucking, you know, there's always going to be people. The, the people that are meant to be in New York or the, the people that grew up there and are staying there, like New York is always going to be, I have, have often said that like, it's definitely, I, I mean, I'm going to come home at some point, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Um, sim- similarly, I think I feel more frustrated by it because right here, you have authentic New Yorkers, right? Born and raised here. Or I would even say people who lived here most of their life, right? They're, I would say, you know, cause I'm not going to say someone who wasn't necessarily born in New York, but you know, you've been here since you were 18 and now you're, you're 32, 35, right? And you, you've invested your time here. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say you're, you're not a New Yorker necessarily. However, the people that are leaving, I are the same people that New Yorkers for years have been bitching about, right? We, these are the people who, came into our city, ran up the prices, bitched about it, uh, or, or, and then when we bitched about it, we were just basically told like, to go fuck yourself. And here's a, you know, here's a $12 mimosa, right? Like here's your yeah. brunch, just fucking sit and eat it. But also like what we forget is that while all these people are coming into New York and running these prices up, the people who are here, you know, from low socioeconomic backgrounds and from, you know, especially those blue collar workers who are the ones that are keeping this city running, right? Your MTA workers, your waitress staff, or your, your, uh, what's like the word, like your food service staff, I'm sorry, food service staff. These are the people who keep your city in this beautiful way in which you all love to, to fucking bask in. And yet you forget about these people who are born and raised here and can't leave here. Right. Cause there is so much here. So It fucking pisses me off because when we bitched, you told us to shut the fuck up and now you're the fucking ones leaving claiming that it's dead when you were never really part of the spirit of New York to fucking begin with, right? Like you, you are just, you came here, you were just a consumer and you tried to suck it dry. And so just because it doesn't taste the same to you anymore, it always tastes the same to us. Oh, I love that. I love that so much just because I was just bragging to my girlfriend this weekend about how New York tap water is the best tasting water. Yes, it is. I will not drink tap water anywhere else. Oh my God, same. Do you know that I will call my friends make fun of me here because I will say anywhere else but New York, the water tastes thick is what I will say. All right, all right, wait. (laughs) They're like, that's not a flavor. And I was like, no, no, no. The water tastes thick. It's gross. It's nasty. It's, it's my, we won't get into the consistency. (laughs) It's yeah, it's, it's how I feel, but I completely agree. So yeah, fuck that article. Fuck that person. Like New York ain't going nowhere. We're just going to see another wave of people who, who find the beauty in it because she is beautiful and she always is. And she honestly, Honestly, now that all those fuckers are leaving, I'm about to I'm about to be planning my homecoming soon. <laughs> I don't like- know. I'm just thinking about that. Like, 
fuck it. Now all the New Yorkers who had to leave because they couldn't fucking afford it anymore. Maybe now we can actually afford to go back home and buy property there. No, I'm so serious though. Like I fully believe that. I was like, damn, I was like, better look at the real estate market in Brooklyn again in like a couple years. Did I tell you my dad will call me and be like, so, so again, my dad calls me Munch and he'll be like, Munchkin, have you, have you seen these prices? I haven't seen like numbers like these in years. <laughs> I'll be like, no, dad, I, I haven't. I don't look See, at the real estate market the way you do. He gets it. Um, <laughs> speaking of, so what, this is what our, our, we went on uh, quite an introductory tangent, but I love it. Yep. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but our episode that we were going to do today is uh, superstitions, uh, yep. Italian superstitions specifically. Yep. Um yep. So we picked a few that we like, and then uh, we're just going to kind of see if we can like delve into them a little bit. I'll be honest, though, uh, Anna, my dad didn't really have an explanation for why these things are things. He's just like, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Typical, typical. Do you remember the superstition I told you that sparked this conversation? Yes, you Uh, you will not you won't buy a broom in August, right? That's what I, yeah. Okay. So you're not, so you're not buying a broom this month. Tell me why. (laughs) No. So it, it's a superstition. You're not allowed to, my mother has always said this to me. You're not allowed to buy a broom in August. And then, um, the, the first time, I mean, I always kind of heard it, but the first time I'm, I always, you know, we think of superstitions as like, like, Oh, it's not really that deep. Right. But my mom especially takes these superstitions as if they are Bible, right? Like it's like Jesus and the spoken word of the Bible and then these superstitions. Like that's how she follows these. And um, my brother was going away to college and she, you know, was going to his dorm room and she bought a broom for him to have. And then she realized three days later, it was August. So she went back to Bed Bath & Beyond and returned the fucking broom. <laughs> And told my brother he had to go buy one when he got to school in September. And he literally was like, I just want to fucking know what bad thing happened to someone that they were like, oh, because you bought that broom in August. Um, so, yeah, my my mom literally bought it and brought it back. Like, that is how she was so fearful of whatever the fuck it and – and to this day, similar to your dad, it's, well, why? Pretty much I get two answers. It's bad luck. Or it has something to do with death. Those are usually the underlying reasons. I mean, they're always like death or you won't have kids, which is something that I, this is one I personally remember that I was telling my dad about uh, yesterday and he doesn't remember this being a thing. But one time I was sitting at the table with my legs crossed and I, you know, like sometimes you'll sit and you'll like fold your hand over your knee. Yeah. Yep. My my grandmother slapped my hand and she's like, don't sit like that or you won't have children. I mean, like, what? My dad was like, she probably just didn't want you to like, you know, sit with your legs crossed because you're a lady. I was like, I thought we were supposed to cross your legs if you're a lady. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway, um, so there was that one. But one that I thought was really interesting is that she often told my mother um, don't touch any of the plants in your house when you're on your period. Jesus Christ. Be- because it's, will kill them? Because it will you- kill, it will kill the plants. Because that's how unpure you are as a woman on your period. You oh. make every, <laughs> God, you make everything bleed. <laughs> that's gross. I mean, listen, all of my plants are alive and I water them regardless of if I'm bleeding or not. So, I mean, if not, if I'm like actively bleeding, obviously, if I'm actively bleeding, I'm going to the hospital. But you know what I mean? But you know what makes me laugh even more? Like, okay, so your so your mother, traditionally women, spoiler alert, tradition women will bleed for a week, right? A lot of plants need to be watered every day or every other day. Is this the one time that in that mind frame of that generation that it was okay for a man to do the woman's job then in the household to water the plants because she was bleeding? I don't know. All I know is my grandmother had some fucking dead plants in the house. Like I would go over and like just break the leaves off. (laughs) I did that when I was a kid too. We used to have a ficus that I was just like, 
I just like the way the leaves feel. My mom would be like, stop touching them. You're killing the plant. We had so many plants in our house. And yes, that was definitely a common refrain. Was your... <laughs> Oh, I used to, we used to have one of those, like the viney ones that the, the, the vines would like spill onto the floor. And whenever my sister and I would run in and out of the living room, we'd step on it. <laughs> Why is this fucking plant spilling all over the floor? Get yourself together. Why is it by the fucking door? Like, oh, I used to yell at my mom about that too. I'd be like, why are there, like, if you want these plants to be kept alive, why do you choose to put them in the worst places? Like, we used to have one, like, right next to the couch, like, where your arm would, like, lay. And I'd be like, you're just fucking asking me to elbow this thing and knock it everywhere. Like, you will have fertilizer on the floor. This and is, you're yelling at me. This is, a, <laughs> that's, this is a complete tangent, but it just reminded me because of your mom putting a plant in what you claim is the wrong place. Do you remember? Oh you had God. a lamp. <laughs> Fuck, I'm not even gonna be able to get through this because it's so fucking funny. Well, to us, it's funny. You y'all are probably think we're on drugs, um, but uh, Anna's house used to have a lamp right at the bottom of a stairway, and I don't know why, but I made it a point every time I came over. To tell her, I was like, Anna, that plant's in the wrong, that, that, that lamp is in the wrong spot. You're asking me to break it. <laughs> and yeah, you were like, you were like, I'm a clumsy bitch. One bed fall and that lamp is getting broken. And I'd be like, oh my God, Cola, stop. That lamp is literally like 35 years old. My mother would sob. And you're like, well, she shouldn't fucking keep it at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> Oh my god! I it was it was an odd place for a plant. I mean, a lamp. See, it, like I'm I can't even keep it straight anymore. Uh, so my mother needed a different interior decorator. Is really the the more why why was that lamp there? I never got an answer. Every time I came over to her house when we were in high school, I would point out that the lamp was in a bad spot. Yeah, she, I don't. I so I think for a little while it was there because our Christmas tree. So it used to be by the other, the other side of the living room. When we put our Christmas tree up, it would be in the way. So she would put it there, but then she just kept it there. And every time you did ask her, and I don't ever think she gave you a better answer or an answer at all, but that's, that's pretty traditional, but yeah. Wow. That was, that was quite the tangent and <laughs> totally fucking worth it. Maybe not to the listeners. I'm so sorry. sorry I, that was so funny. No, worth it. Worth it for us though. <laughs> funny for us, not for you. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so yeah, so I don't know about the leg one that you talked about, but my grandmother would get mad or my mom, if I sat like this with my hands on my head, that one I got yelled at a lot mm. for. Um, so there's that one. I think I didn't know about the plant one, but honestly, <laughs> one where we oppress our women in our families. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I think the one that always creeps me out the most, um, well, there's two, right? There are no shoes. So no shoes on the table. And most people are like, well, yeah, cause that's, cause that's dirty. And I'm like, no, like even if you buy a new pair of shoes, like, and they're in the box, you don't put them on the table. Right. Um, and the no, no hat on the bed. So the reason my, and again, when we ask them, they just say, oh, it's bad luck. But when I did more research into it, specifically for Italian families, the hat on the bed is when death comes for you, is what they say while you're sleeping. Uh, he takes his hat off before he like sits next to your bed and takes your soul, essentially. So no hat on the bed. Wow. I'm definitely going to follow that one because I have a huge habit of coming home and throwing all my hats on the bed. And it's probably why death is just kind of coming to visit every night and being <laughs> like, this bitch. <laughs> She's just fucking asking for it. Uh, and then the shoes on the table. This one I actually think my mom did tell me. Um, so again, as we said before, it's either linked to bad luck or death. And the second one is when you're laid out at a funeral and the, who's the person that gets you dressed? What's the name? Uh, Not. I want to say the undertaker. The undertaker. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the name. Uh, so when the undertaker is preparing the body, you know, after they embalming and whatnot, uh, the first thing they lay out when they're about to dress you is the shoes. So no shoes on the table. Oh yeah. These are all there. I have a feeling all of this is death related. Um, every oh, single one probably. of these. Yeah. Probably. 
the salt. We're, so like, uh, we're, we're a culture that really embraces death. Well, so I think it's just so funny, especially for it. It got to a point, especially I have y'all, I have so many, like you would probably think like, Anna, your mother should seek help. And you know what? If you'd like to convince her to go to therapy, please write her an email and help make a case for me. Um, because I've been trying to convince her ever since I was probably 20 because of these like compulsive superstitions, right? Um, my mother is a nice woman. Let me also play, let me also say that. Uh, two things can be true. <laughs> uh, and she, yeah, she essentially will, will take these so literally, right? But ultimately all these superstitions are is a way in which we've convinced ourselves as humans that we can control the outcome of things, right? Like ultimately it just comes down to control. And this is how I know we've gotten passed down generational trauma from our families. And I just always laugh at my mom because I'm like, you have followed these superstitions to the T, right? And it's passed down from her father and right. And her grandfather. And I'm like, your family has had arguably some of the most awful things happen to you. And yet you followed all these things and these bad things still happen. So what was the point of all these compulsive behaviors? I don't know. But now I just find humor in them mostly because they're fucking hysterical. Like I just moved into my new apartment and my mom came over with my dad. And the first thing she asked me was, did you put salt in the corners? And I was like, uh, no. And she's like, she's like, oh, she was like so upset with me. Because that's the first thing you're supposed to do when you move into a new house or a new apartment. It's supposed to like ward off the evil, right? Is salt in the corners, uh, as well as in your fridge, you need to have like milk, butter, and eggs um, in your fridge before you can sleep in there. Um, again, I, I don't know why, but your dad does the the car thing, right? The money in the car. Yes. Oh, damn. You know, I didn't ask him about that one. Uh, but yeah, I remember, especially when I was a kid, uh, we got the new minivan uh, mm-hmm. and we were driving around to see all the cousins in the neighborhood and they were just tossing pennies into the van. And I was like, <laughs> cool money. Like I was, I don't know, I was like seven. But um, yeah, that was super weird. That's like some good luck thing. They also got the, you know, the horn guy, the good luck horn and the St. Christopher medal in the car. Which actually, I'm wearing a St. Christopher medal right now. Um, wow, good luck. Yeah. Uh, but what he always used to tell me was, uh, mostly when we were coming back from grocery shopping, uh, and we put all the the food down, and then we maybe we might make lunch or whatever, um, he would always throw like my coin purse or whatever at me and be like, don't eat with money on the table. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one, too. There's a yeah uh, for those because you'll always go hungry or some. Is that what it is? That's what he used to tell me is like if you eat with money on the table, you'll always be hungry or like you'll never have enough. Something that goes back to you not having enough money for food. Mm. Look at that generational trauma. Mm. Look at it. Uh, so for the car one, really quick, just for people. Who I, I, I struggle to know if this is a New York thing or, or an Italian Catholic thing or just I don't know what it is. Um, but So when you get a new car, traditionally people throw money in on the floorboards in the back and, and um, they give you like cash as like a way of like good luck, right? So sometimes people will wrap dollar bills around like the, the oh fuck handles, you know what I mean? The When you hold on to the, above the door. <laughs> Um, some people will wrap like dollars, uh, and you'll see the, the red horn in the, in the rear view mirror. I have like red ribbon in mine, or it just has to be really red. Cause that's what the color that wards off the evil spirits. But I don't know if this is a Brooklyn or New York thing because, so our best friend, Kristen, her family does it and she's not, she's not Italian, but she grew up, um, like in our neighborhood. And then, but my friend, you know, bro, I talked about her in the first episode, her family, from Jersey, Italian Catholics, Italian Americans, they do it. But like a lot of my other friends from New York who are again, not Italian Americans, it's like hit or miss. So I don't know where it comes from. Uh, It could be an intercultural thing. Like it might not be restricted to Italians. Like I feel like there's a lot of cultural overlap, uh, especially in like cultures that really value religion. 
Um, yeah. So to me, I think maybe that's where that might come from. I don't know. Who are some of your uh, friends that don't do it that are from New York? Are they like real white bread? Uh- <laughs> no, no. Well, so some of them are, I actually, <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say, to be honest with you, I really don't actually have a lot of white friends um, in New York, but uh, I would say most of them are, are black that have said to me, like, we've never, we've never heard of that, but most of my like Puerto Rican or, or Latinx people like friends are the ones that do it. So I do wonder if it is that like Catholic religious thing. I mean, that's, that's just my guess. Uh, yeah. I don't, um, I don't know. Tell us, do you have people throw money in your car? Uh, when you get yeah. a new car email, let us know. Yeah. On any, I mean, I have so many other fucking superstitions. Like literally there's, there's so many, the, especially when it comes to babies too. Like babies are always supposed to wear something with red, uh, especially until they're a year old to like keep evil. Cause babies, right. They get a lot of attention. Again, keep evil away from them. The color red. Uh, when you cut their nails for the first time, you have to put a hundred dollar bill in their hand to hold. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't. Yeah. I would like to cash my $100 bill from my first <laughs> nail clipping, please. Yeah. I, I remember when my, my mom, my little cousin, when he was, when he was a baby, uh, my cousin was like, can we, you know, to my mom, she was like, you know, can we, can you help me clip his nails? And she goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just get your uncle, my dad, uh, to give me a hundred dollar bill really quick. And she was like, oh, right. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're just accepting what she just said. Like, it was like a language of some sort that everybody knew but me. And I was like, why do you casually need a $100 bill for a fucking three-month-year-old? Uh, so, yeah, that one. Oh, you, you, it's just um, <laughs> it's so weird. Also, because uh, this is where my brain immediately went with that. It was like kids always put their hands in their mouth. Kids put everything in their mouth. So you're going to give this kid – a roll of dirty money and then he's just gonna put his hand in his mouth and just eat all those germs i mean <laughs> well it couldn't be it can't be 20s it has to be a hundred dollar bill because i asked that i was like can it add up to a hundred you know like like can it just be like a hundred singles like no it has to be a hundred dollar bill um my mom also was like why the fuck would you give a <laughs> she said why the fuck would you give a baby $100 bills. And I was like, why the fuck are we giving a baby a $100 bill? <laughs> She's too small. What is he going to buy with it? A billion rattles? <laughs> I just, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like what? I was like, I can't believe you just looked at me like I was the crazy one. Jesus. Um, yeah. So there's that one, the red, the red one. Uh, you said you, your family said one about a baby. Yeah, you're not supposed to pass a baby over the table <laughs> when there's food on the table. That just seems like common sense. Like, <laughs> like it's a baby, not like a pot of stuffing. Like, who's pass- <laughs> who's like cross passing a baby? But like, <laughs> don't drop the child on the pasta. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's honestly why. Like, there's nothing more to it than that. But it was just like, why would you, we don't really want you to accidentally drop your filthy child on our food. Protect the pasta at all costs. <laughs> Protect the pasta at all costs. Oh my God. That's a, that's a fucking t-shirt right there. Um, um, when we start making merch, that'll be the first one. I will say, cause you mentioned that, you know, uh, your mom would say like, they were afraid all these bad things were going to happen if they didn't follow these superstitions. But in my experience, a lot of the time they do like, uh, you know, they, it's like something bad will happen already. And then they'll be like, Oh, this is because you fucking Mm -hmm. put put shoes on the, you know, on the table or, Mm -hmm. you know, so they'll kind of like backtrack to like justify why this bad thing happened other than, you know, like it's just life and things happen, unfortunately, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so <laughs> I remember when my sister-in-law was my, my, my oldest brother's wife, um, was like kind of joining our family. And so she's from actually Connecticut and is not Italian or Catholic. So everything that we do in New York was even like 
so weird to her. Like the first time she heard of a sweet 16, she was like, what the fuck is that? Like she had no idea. Also um, listeners, just so that, you know, that's the type of person that I'm like, she's a white bread. That's <laughs> yes. She 100% is love her to pieces, but she, she 100% is. Um, and so th- when she, my brother proposed to her and she was engaged, my mom started telling her about all these like wedding superstitions, right? Like things she needed to do that she couldn't have done, you know, before the wedding and blah, blah, blah. And my sister-in-law was getting so overwhelmed by all of these fucking superstitions. She's like, I feel like I got to fucking keep a notebook of all these things. Like something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. And she laid, I don't know where we were, but she like laid on a, on a bed. Like we must've been like in a hotel, like getting ready for something. And she laid on the bed and she had her shoes on. (laughs) And my dad goes, Oh, get your shoes off the bed. And she goes, why? What the fuck's going to happen now? (laughs) And she's like, she's like, is someone going to kill me? Like, is there bad luck? Like, is like death going to come find me? And my dad was like, no, it's just gross. (laughs) (laughs) Poor woman. Hey, they've been married. Oh my God. They've been married for quite some time now. My my oldest nephew is 12. So they've been married for probably 14 years. They've been together probably close to 20. It's because she left her shoes on when she was on the bed. That's right. It's because she followed all those fucking superstitions that my mother told her. Jesus. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad for her. But yeah, she's still around. I mean, you know, we'll chalk that. We could chalk the good stuff up to superstition too, right? It's like, yeah. I don't know. I um, The one that is always the most, I, I hate to say this, but I've been guilty of this one because I truly have felt that it was accurate. Um, and it's so creepy because, uh, and again, this could be an intercultural thing, uh, but uh, when you see someone in your family who is deceased in a dream and they are dressed mm-hmm. up, it means that uh, someone in your family is going to die uh, mm-hmm. because they believe that the dead are preparing themselves to welcome somebody new. Yep. Um, and it has happened to me on several occasions Really? Uh, yeah, the last time it happened to me was two years ago and I saw this woman in my dream and she was wearing a green emerald gown and mm-hmm. I thought for sure that it was my mother because it looked like my mom and I was like, oh, weird, weird. And my mom's like all dressed up. And then as I got closer, I realized it's actually my grandmother, my grandma Lucy, who um, is my mom's mom who passed away when I was uh, a kid. And mm-hmm. it was just her, but it was her like younger, which is also interesting because I was like, yeah. oh, like she's like her like optimal age. You know, I was like, oh, wow. It's like, she looks great. I was like, and then when I woke up, I was just like, oh God, that's like so bad. And legit, like uh, the text message I woke up to was that my uncle, my mom's brother. So technically my grandmother's son had mm-hmm. passed away. Oh, wow. So yeah. I mean, I don't like to feed into too much of this superstition stuff, but like, and I know that might've just been a coincidence, but I'm sorry. That's a real weird fucking coincidence. No, it's, it's not like, I feel like that's so funny you say that because I don't know if you are that person in your family, but I do feel like even in my family, my, my sister and my cousin are the ones who usually have those specific dreams. And it's always right before someone's about to, to die, right? The, um, like my cousin will dream that they're, we're sitting at, that she's sitting at a table, like a very specific type of table. Think like, uh, like I, anytime she tells a story, I think of like the last supper table, right? Like something really, really long and rectangle. <laughs> it's it's and not the last. Everybody's supper. sitting on one side. <laughs> That's the most fucking unrealistic part of that story. <laughs> Um, for no particular reason. <laughs> no, because it's because they were posing for the fucking photo, Cola. Who um, took that photo? <laughs> but so she'll, she dreams that she's sitting at that table. And usually, uh, you know, a lot of the people that have passed in our family are around it. And there's usually an empty chair. And the next person that is, well, I don't know if she's like seen the next person in waking life who's about to sit in it. And that's the person who usually dies next, or if she just sees the empty chair. And then usually if another family death is about to happen, whereas my sister will usually dream of, uh, 
I think my, I don't know if it's my grandfather. My sister will have very similar, like a similar dream, right? Like that, that reoccurring dream that's just about to happen when it surrounds our family. And I don't, so I don't necessarily believe in all of these superstitions because so I, I do, but I don't. And, and I think this is how, like, as I've gotten older, how I've processed things is like, I don't, there's a, a beautiful saying in the, in the Catholic church or really in any religion, I think that, that deals like similar to Christianity. It's, we don't serve the devil to please the Lord. Have you ever heard that? No, but I guess that makes sense. <laughs> so it's like, right. Like we don't, we don't, prepare and do everything in the name of negativity to hope that good comes to us is essentially what that that means. And so that's what I feel like these superstitions are is like, Mm -hmm. we do all that we serve the devil to please the Lord. And that's not how things are. So I've kind of just shifted my thinking to think like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, if I'm going to do things, I believe in generating good, positive karma. So like, I do believe in the dreams. Like I a hundred percent believe that your grandmother came to you in that dream. And because I mean, this is a whole other conversation we can have at a later time, but like, I do just believe in general that, you know, we have a bigger purpose on this earth than just living and dying um, and paying taxes, but we, we have a bigger purpose. And so this to me is also not it, right? Like this is not, this is not where our soul's journey just exists solely, but now I'm getting real meta. Um, but to say all that, just to say that I do believe in generating these good karmas and I do believe in good energy, right? So I won't put salt in the corners when I move into my new apartment, but I will. So I don't like the smell of sage, um, but there's something called Palo Santo, which is like very similar in that concept of like you light it and you smudge your space just because if everything is energy, right? And it's the same concept of salt warding off evil spirits. To me, it's, I'm not warding off evil spirits necessarily. I am creating this space to serve the highest good, right? So I'm I'm doing things in the name of light, not in the name of dark. Does that make sense? It does. And I like that thinking. Um, I don't like sage, so I- Yeah, I hate the smell. I'm probably, but I, I agree in that sense. Like as I've gotten a lot older, I have tried to limit my shit talking. Uh, mm. And I think I've gotten- better much better at it because i'm just like you know what it's kind of like that whole thing of like you that's that's not my problem where i'm gonna let god deal with you like you know like that's not like not it's none of my business so Mm -hmm. that stays over there that doesn't affect me and we're over here living doing what we got to do like that just to me that is like good karma obviously like you know Mm -hmm. like don't fucks with people that like you know it's none none of your concern like they're doing what they do. They're not hurting you or other people or, you know, anybody you care about, then, you know, that's, that's their deal. You know? Um, I, I completely agree. I also think in that same vein, I love that you say that, like, I'm going to let God do actually, actually, that's not, uh, I've been saying that, but, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Sam told me that a couple years ago and I, it, I always, uh, and Sam, I don't know, if she's listening to this, but cheers girl, because like that is, I keep always keep that in the back of my mind. Cause I loved it so much because I was talking, uh, we were, t- I was talking with her and, uh, with, uh, with Kristen actually about something, I don't know, some recurring shit that always happened in college. And, uh, she literally said to us, she's like, that girl's nice, but you know, sometimes you just, just gotta be like, cool. I'm going to let God do with you. <laughs> Like, completely and I'm like oh my god that is like that's great so I've been saying that ever since because I, I think it's like and, it, and it's not even like in a sense that they're doing something bad or it's like you know like you it's even in the sense of like when you're trying to help somebody or like mm-hmm. and you feel like they're just gonna you know they're doing you know whatever it is like some people are just like always gonna do whatever they want to do no matter what and that's not you know on you to fix that that's not on you to like you know, that if you're offering help and they're still doing X, Y, and Z, and like sometimes it's just the way it is and they have to come to that in their own time. That in that sense is like, I'm going to let God deal with you in the sense that like you're on your own journey right now. And like, I, you know, I'm going to try and help any way that I can, but also it's not my job to fix this, you know, like. Correct. So anyway, I love that. I also like, well, so it's in the same vein, I'm going to let God deal with you is that 
we as humans just struggle. And I think it goes back to this control thing. We're talking about these superstitions. We as humans just really, really struggle with this idea of surrendering to something out of our control. And a lot of the times how other people behave is out of our control. And also we also as humans cannot stand the idea of someone getting away with something. Oh right? yeah. So there's like a, I once read, I don't remember even the book, but uh, I'm just so you all know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a really big reader. So I often will say like I was reading, but I can almost never tell you where and what it was. Cause I just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm always reading. So I'm just like, can't actually tell you where, but I know what happened. Um, but I was reading in a book once that said, justice is a man-made concept, right? Because we as humans struggle with the idea that there is a higher power that will deal with it later. Like we want something now, like that immediate gratification. Um, so ever since then, I like look at these scenarios and I'm like, that is between you and God or you and whomever you choose to believe. Because ultimately, like you said, Cola, it's not my job to fix it. And it's, I'm not going to suffer because I can't control something that you do as another person or it's your, right. Like I all, Oh, oh, I did read a book and I knew the name of this one. It's not your journey. I got one. It's called, it's not your journey. And ever since then, I just like constantly think of other people's paths as their paths versus my path. So yeah, I, I don't really fuck with the, the superstition stuff so much anymore because it's just like, this is, this is where anxiety is passed down from generation to generation. And I would like to not suffer as my ancestors have. I agree. Uh, that being said, that doesn't apply when I watch Mets games. Um, if the Mets are doing well, I will not move or I will. Uh, but at the same time, if they're doing poorly, I will go and like change my hat or like my socks or my shirt. So, um, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's different. I think everybody does that. No, not everybody is a Mets fan because not everybody likes to be self-deprecating. Listen, everybody's a Mets fan at heart because on any given day, you're always more of a Met than you are a Yankee. That's a good fucking point. That is a real good fucking point. I mean, a- I- How many times can you say, I identify as a number one top tier, blah, blah, blah. You're always going to be more of the underdog in whatever you're going into, unless you are that like 1% person. I don't know. Now I'm getting into sports politics. So let me back <laughs> back up a little bit. I'm just trying to push my Mets agenda on everybody. No, I, I love that. I can't, I can't really argue with that thinking. I personally just don't, I don't really care about either because it's just, that's not my sport of choice, as you know, but yeah. Any other, any other thoughts that, that we want to share with the the humans listening, the kind souls that are on this journey with us. Oh, uh, number 13 is really lucky mm-hmm. for Italians. And I love that number. I've always loved that number. Everyone thought it was just me trying to be like dark and witchy. And it's like, no, that's generally like a number that since childhood, I was always told was a good number. Um, I have it tattooed on me twice just by, cause I always usually get a Friday the 13th tattoo. Um, so I have it uh, once on each arm, though. I won't have two 13s on the same arm. So now my arms are, now my arms are done. I got a little skull with a party hat. With the, and on the party hat, there's the number 13 on my left arm. And on my right arm, I got a voodoo doll where the little number 13 is stitched into his butt next to his buttons. So good luck. Yeah. Do you know that my birthday this year is on Friday the 13th? My 30th birthday is on oh. Friday the 13th. My God, I'm so, we have to have a party. I know. We have to, we have to throw some type of socially conscious quarantine, a socially conscious, socially distant, Jesus Christ, socially distant fiesta of some sort. What if I just mailed you like a bag of candy corn? I hate candy corn. I know. That'd be a terrible fucking gift. Um, No, you know what? Go ahead. No, I was like, you know what is a terrible gift? Those glitter bombs. What if I mailed you? You'd be much un, much more unhappy if I mailed you a glitter bomb. Yeah, you're probably right. I would I would probably walk to California and punch you in the fucking throat if you did that. Um, I would do God, it just do so I could fuck, see you. No, listen to me. Anybody listening, do not fucking send me a glitter bomb. I will hunt you down and knife you. Like, do not, do not fucking do that. That is not funny. This is like the fucking lamp all over again. Cola, do not break my lamp. <laughs> <laughs> do not break my lamp do not send me a glitter bomb i will you cannot 
You cannot threaten to stab people on our radio show. Uh, we're rated explicit, ma'am. Thank you very much. <laughs> I could do whatever the fuck I want. All right. This is, this is what I've always wanted in life. I actually told my sister, I was like, I was like, we're rated TV or I said TVMA, but I'm like, we're not on TV, but the podcast version of that. And she's like, she's like, do you feel so fulfilled? And I was like, honestly, yes. It feels like I've like kind of vindicated myself a little bit here. Cause I've always wanted to be, this is like, if I always say like, if I didn't do what I do, do as a career now, I would have wanted to do one of two things, like either work like as a madam, like somewhere where it's legal and have like the first like feminist forward, right? Like feminist forward. No one steal my fucking idea, but feminist <laughs> forward, <laughs> feminist forward, like, like sex positive, like, like what do they call them? Cat houses? Wow. Right? Like, no, like. It's like a brothel. Yeah. 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 But like, but like, I want my women to like have good health care. Like I want them to be empowered. Like consent will be discussed and like, we'll have healthy conversations around it. Like I, of course, like my educational brain like came into it, but I couldn't, I didn't do that. And, or the other thing was that I wanted to be like a sex therapist, but I was always too afraid to look my grandmother in the face and tell her that's what I did for a living. So I didn't do both of those because of that. So I feel like I've kind of vindicated myself a little bit here by now being in like an explicit type like world now. You didn't want to upset your grandmother by having her know that you run a brothel. Well, yeah, that too. I, I didn't do either. You should read, speaking of, because I'm also a big reader, uh, Sin in the Second City. It was about these legendary madams in Chicago in the 20s. Uh, it was really good. I can't remember if it was, I don't think it was fiction, but also- I always used to joke around that whenever I was like doing like customer work, uh, this one customer would always write in and call me madam. And I was so tempted to write back being like, excuse me, sir, I do not run a brothel. (laughs) Whereas I would have been like, thank you. I've always thought of myself as one as well. Oh no. But mind you, it's not. And I don't say that with like dis disdain. Like I would love to do that as well. I respect sex work and sex workers. And I think that's, you know, you do it, do, do your thing. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, I always say like, but it, it's, as long as there's consent, that's what I say. Right. Right. Yeah. Actually, actually um, the full, the full way I say that is as long as there's consent, put it in any hole that they please. That is the full way of how I say it. it. Any hole. Great for a brothel <laughs> or a golf course. <laughs> put that on a t-shirt. Actually, if you made a brothel golf course, you'd make so much money. Oh, my God. No one steal our idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I've been to uh, I I, when I first came out here to L.A., I went to I used to go to a couple of um, uh, on occasion to a couple of like those famous strip clubs from like that have been around since like Mm -hmm. forever on the strip. Um, and I would just love to sit in there and obviously very respectfully give the women their money for their time. Uh, but also I would love to watch them just take advantage of the men in the room. And truly it like filled me up with so much life. Um, it it was just wonderful. Great way to spend a Saturday. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. I would also say that you know, we watch, you watch a lot of sports, but the greatest display of athleticism you will ever see is from a lot of those, those women. Oh my God. Their, their abilities are, are incredible. And that's not to say like, we're not home. So let's also clarify, we're not glorifying strip clubs, right? Like we've recognized that a lot of those people in those positions feels like they don't have access to other things to be successful, but just the overall stigma of sex work in general is really fucked up. Right. And, and rooted in its own way in sexism. But I completely agree. I am I am all for that women empowerment piece, because a lot of especially I've like met a lot of like where I've encountered a lot of women. I've never encountered men that have done, you know, worked as strippers and in, and in like sex field work. And every single one of them have said they they're that's what like turned their confidence around. So ever since then, my view about this has changed drastically. And that's why I'm all about like the women empowerment piece to it is because they were like, they were like, I ain't a fucking shamed of it. Like, A, I make more money than most people who have these respectable quote unquote jobs. And B, like 
a lot of their, yeah, a lot of their self-esteem, their confidence, like came from this work and the women they were surrounded by while doing this work. Yeah. We can go into this. We can go into this forever. We've, we really, uh, we really dipped uh, into this tangent. Anyway, so let's circle this. (laughs) Uh, I I think those were the main ones though, that I I wanted to talk about. Uh, I wanted to end with something good. So 13 is lucky for Italians. That's where we're coming back. Yeah. And 13 is my favorite number. So here we are. Yeah. Right, I, I don't think and I, here I, we go. I don't think we have anything else to scare the humans with uh, for today. But yeah, thanks. Thanks all for listening. Cole, any other lasting thoughts? No, I think we uh, we really took y'all on a journey this week. Uh, so remember, <laughs> uh, respect sex workers. Uh, 13 is lucky. And don't ride the Staten Island Ferry if you don't have to. And don't steal my ideas. And don't steal Anna's ideas. She'll come and knife you, apparently. (laughs) All right. Have a good night, y'all. Ciao, bitches. Good night, everybody.